is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Whiff. Is that really in the Bible? You know the title, Righteous. We don't really, you know, if I were to say you're a righteous man or you're a righteous woman, we really don't like that title because, you know, we realize we're human. We realize we make mistakes often, and we realize we have to trust the grace of God in our personal lives. And so, you know, we sort of shy away from that title, uh, he's a righteous man or she's a righteous woman. We think often of the self-righteous person, the person who talks the talk but fails to walk the walk. And because of all the hypocrisy that you see in the area of religion, we don't like that title, you know, righteous. And yet, however, a righteous society, if we were a righteous society, would give us, would give you, would give me, would give our children everything that we desire as a people, as a nation. I mean, imagine if we were a righteous nation. Imagine if you didn't have to worry about anyone lying to you ever again. Imagine if you didn't have to worry about anybody stealing your stuff. You know, you could just leave your keys in your car. Of course, come to think of it, I think I do that. But uh, well, anyway, but imagine if you didn't have to worry about anybody taking your stuff, stealing your stuff. You could leave it on the job site. You could leave your equipment on the job site. No one, you know, one time I had a mixer stolen, stolen from us left it on a job site in Roanoke, come back the next day, uh, come back Monday morning, it was gone. Someone had stolen my mixer. Yes, uh, but imagine if you didn't have to worry about that, that we were a righteous people. Imagine if you didn't have to worry about anyone hitting on your wife. Imagine a society where your children were always safe. You know, when we dropped our daughter off to college in Charleston, South Carolina, it was a no, oh, it was quite an event because it was heartrending. Because, you see, up until that point, as a father, I was able to take care and protect my daughter. And I remember saying to God, you know, God, I, I'm no longer going to be there for her. And at this point, I give her over to you to take care of her, to protect her, to keep her safe. Because we understand what a, you know, for a beautiful woman, a young, beautiful woman in today's world, we understand what a rotten, evil, filthy, perverted, twisted society we live in. Rampant with internet pornography. You know, there's a monster inside of all of us. And all you got to do to make that monster become full-blown is just feed it the wrong kind of garbage. And we have a society where the garbage, I mean, we never run out of garbage to eat. That's the society in which we live. But imagine if we were a society that always was truthful, uh, honest, respectful of one another, loving, caring, do unto others as you would have men do to you. Imagine if we were a righteous society. What a wonderful world that would be. Now, the word righteous basically means living according to God's instructions. Okay, living, okay, you want to be righteous? Live according to God's instructions. 
Now, I want to look at two, only two instructions that Jesus gave. In Matthew 22, and verse 36, the story is, it says, Master, a man, a rich man came to Jesus, says, Master, which is, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now this is so simple. I mean, why would anybody have a problem with this? Loving God, loving your neighbor as yourself. Why would any church have a problem with this? Wait a minute, David. What do you mean churches have a problem with this? Oh, believe me, they do. Believe me, they do. And you'll see why as I go further into this. Why would anybody not want to do this? I mean, who's against loving God, loving your neighbor as yourself? Well, evidently, a lot of people are against it because we live in an evil, rotten, filthy society. Okay. In order to have a functional society, this is what you do. Okay, what do you do? You love God and love your neighbor as yourself. This is what creates a functional society that makes life better for everyone. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a look at this pyramid here. At the top, we have God. Okay, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. No misunderstanding this, right? Right. Okay, now what does it mean to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself? Well, actually what this is, when Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, it was a summation of the Ten Commandments. The first four tell you how to love God. The last six tell you how to love your fellow man. So if we go back to this pyramid, at the top we have God, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, which is a summation of the Ten Commandments. Now, when Jesus was asked about this, let's look at Matthew 19 and verse 16. And behold, one came unto him and said, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto them, Well, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, this man went a step further. He said, which? What are you talking about? What commandments? Jesus said, you should do no murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus starts clicking off the Ten Commandments, the Ten Instructions. When asked, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Again, the first four tells you how to love God. The last six tells you how to love your fellow man. So let's take a look at the first four that tell us how to love God. Okay, maybe someone out there wants to know, how do I love God? I'm wondering, how do I love God? I don't seem to be finding this in church, figuring this out in church. I've been going to church for 20 years and 40 years. I still don't know how to love God. Well, let's let the Bible interpret the Bible. This is how you love God. The first four tells you how to love God. Exodus 20 and verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, that's the first one. This is, this is how you love God. Second one, you shall not make any uh, unto thee any graven image. Well, okay, our society is guilty of idol worship. 
We have our images, believe me. We have our country western stars. We have our movie stars. And we set them up as idols. They can do no wrong because they're an idol. They can get away with mass murder like O.J. Simpson. But he can do no wrong because he's an idol. You see, we have our idols, believe me. Okay, so the second commandment on how to love God says, you shall not have any, make into thee any graven images, images, any idol worship. That's a no-no. Third one, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And, of course, there's all kinds of idiots going around doing just that. They, you never run short of idiots, do you? Someone blurting out God's name in vain. There's a fool behind every corner, is there not? I mean, it just seems everywhere you go. All right. The fourth one, how to love God, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, mm, sort of slipping in that area. You know, we, our society uh, worships on the first work day of the week for about 45 minutes. And then that's, that's about as deep as it gets. 45 minutes. I got my 45 minutes with the Lord. Oh, isn't it wonderful? And oh, Lord, praise Jesus. We got our 45 minutes with the Lord on the first work day of the week. So we're, we're slipping in the area of keeping the Sabbath. Believe me, we're slipping in this area. We're not really honoring God's Sabbath. No, we're not. Okay. All right. That's the first four on how to love God. All right. The last six tells us how to love our fellow man. Well, let's take a look at them. How do I love my fellow man? How do I love my neighbor as myself? Okay. This is how. All right, honor your father and mother. Okay, I got, must honor my parents. All right, next one, you shall not kill. Okay, I got that one. I'm not killing anybody. You shall not commit adultery. Well, you know, America, the hallmark sin of America is adultery. You know, a lot of you are feeding your mind on garbage, such as soap operas, which always portray adultery. It's like a fascination with cheating on my mate. You know, I've, this is, the, how does that stuff, how does anybody with three brain cells in their head sit down and watch that garbage every single day? Do you not have a life? Do you not have anything else to do? Do you have nothing else to do but waste your time and fill your mind with garbage? You know, I'm convinced that Soap operas is women's pornography. It really is. Don't think that this is some kind of innocent playtime. Men have their pornography, you know, and women have their pornography. All right. Okay. You shall not steal. The next one, how to love God. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet. Greatly desire or lust after is what that means your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's car, your neighbor's home, whatever. Okay, so we got this. Okay, we got the pyramid again. God at the top. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself, which is a summation of the Ten Commandments. Now, in addition to that, in the Bible, you find about 617 more instructions in the Bible about how to, in other words, all these instructions in the Bible tell us how to do this better. How to do what better? Okay, how to love God, how to love your neighbor as yourself. 
These additional 617 laws or instructions that you find in the Bible tell us how to love God, how to love our neighbor, as a, or to do both. Yeah, so let's reach in there. And uh, again, we have this pyramid, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, which is a summation of the Ten Commandments. And then we have 617 more instructions in the Bible. Let's dig in there and pull out one of these 617 instructions. We're just going to take one at a time and see what we can glean from them. And see if we can make the connection. Okay, these are instructions on how to love God or love your neighbor as yourself. All right, Exodus 21 and verse 33. If a man dig a pit, an open pit, or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it, an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good, and the money into the owner of them, and give money into the owner of them, and the dead beast shall be his. Okay, simple instruction. You dig a pit, you're supposed to put a barrier around it. You know, don't just go, don't go around digging pits, you know, like a booby trap for people to fall into. Now, when I was a teenage boy, I, I loved riding motorcycles, still do actually. I was riding my dirt bike through the woods about 30 miles an hour, and all of us, and, and it was a, a road just wide enough for a small, maybe, Jeep. Somebody had taken a backhoe, and in one side of the track, just dug out about a six-foot deep pit. Now, obviously, whoever did this didn't want people trespassing. They didn't want people riding through their property on this old road. Now, I, I'm zipping th down there about 30 miles an hour. I lock it up slide sideways. If I had hit that pit, I would have probably broken my neck. Of course, back then, no cell phones, no way to contact anybody. Just laid out there and died, and probably the vultures would have found me first. But anyway, um, now, according to this law, if I'd have broken an arm, this man who dug the pit would have been fully responsible for the hospital bill. So if you dig a pit, you cover it, you put a barrier around it so that someone don't fall in and get hurt. Even if you have no trespassing signs, you don't go around setting booby traps for people to fall into or to get hurt or to get killed. Now, this is a prime example of loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, because you wouldn't want this happening to your own son, would you? You wouldn't want your son falling into a pit and breaking his neck. You wouldn't want your daughter falling into a pit breaking his, her neck. No. Okay, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. All right? Now, this man that dug a pit, let me ask you a question here. Was he a Christian? Probably, according to his standards, he was. Uh, did he go to church every Sunday? Probably. Had he ever heard of this instruction about if you dig a pit, don't, you know, cover it, put a barrier around it so that no one falls in and gets hurt. No, I can almost guarantee you he had never heard of that from his preacher. Because they don't, they don't go there. I mean, that's the Old Testament. All that's been done away with. It's been fulfilled. It's been abolished. <laughs> yes. What ignorant people believe. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's take another, let's, out of these 617 laws, let's take another one out and read it. All right, Exodus 21 and verse 28. If an ox gores a man or a woman so that they die, then the ox shall surely be stoned and the, his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be set free. But if the ox was apt to gore in times past 
And his owner has been told, you know, you got this crazy ass ox running around, it's breaking through the fence and it's chasing me down the road. And he was not kept in. In other words, the owner of the ox didn't keep the ox in, but that he has killed a man or a woman. The ox got out and killed somebody, gored someone to death. The ox shall be stoned and his owner also shall be put to death. This is fascinating. Okay, you got a bulldog. Mean as a rattlesnake. It gets out of the fence. It chases people down the road. The owner has been told, your bulldog got out again. It's going to kill someone if you don't do something with it. Okay, the bulldog gets out. It kills. It mauls. It kills. It tears to bits and pieces some child or something like that. All right, according to God's law, the bulldog is killed and the owner is also killed. Now, let's just think about, okay, this is, this is about personal responsibility. You've got to think about other people. You've got to think about your neighbor who is walking by the fence of this crazy bulldog that you have. Okay, let's take this a step further. You've got a son who's a drunk. People have warned you, you know, your son was out dr drunk, driving drunk again. He nearly ran me out of the road. You've been warned about your son drinking and driving, and your son goes out and kills somebody kills maybe two, a couple innocent children. Do you realize that the son and the parents would be put to death according to these laws here? So, so what category does these instructions fit into? The, fit into, well they fit into love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, if you, listen, if you've got a rebellious son who is going around doing stupid things, drinking and driving, you know it, the best thing you can do is kick his butt out of the house. You see, once he's out of the home, he's not your responsibility. His blood is not, you know, his blood that he sheds is not going to be on your head if he's out, if he's out of the home. But as long as he's living with mom and daddy and you're tolerating this, he is your responsibility. So wise up and accept, pull up your pants and accept responsibility for your children's actions, and if they are doing stupid things, throw them out of the house. Yes. Okay. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 8. Here's, we're, we're grabbing another law out of the 617 laws that we find in the Bible. We're going to look at another one. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 8. When you build a new house, then you shall make a guardrail for your roof so that it, you do not bring blood upon your house if someone falls from it. Now, this is personal responsibility. Back then, they had flat roofs. They would get up there in the cool of the day, and God says, okay, put a railing up there so that no one falls off the top of the roof and gets hurt. Now, you know, actually, these laws are sort of built into our building codes. Now, I know we get upset at all the codes that you have to tolerate. You know, I built a garage, and the building inspector came out with a car, and he had these stickers that looked like bullet holes through his car. I don't know if you've ever seen them. You can stick them on your car and it looks like someone's shot the car up. But I can see why. I mean, he gave me a hard time about everything that I did. But I am grateful for those building codes. You know, you ever met people that just sort of jury rig everything they do? You know, they got bare wires running across their trailer. You know, and the trailer is metal. I mean, and they got naked wires and they just rig up and throw stuff together. And they're not thinking about other people. They're not thinking about children coming along and touching that bare wire. And so if you, if you really love your neighbor as yourself, 
you're going to think about them and you're going to protect them and you're going to follow the rules, the building codes, so that people don't get hurt. Yeah, it's, 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 it's part of loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, I mean, I've heard of children drinking gasoline from a pop bottle. Well, why was the gasoline in the pop bottle in the first place and dying, you know? Think before you do something stupid is, is what the Bible is saying here. Leviticus 19 and verse 9. Let's take another look at another law here. These 617 laws that we find in the Bible. We're examining them and we're seeing, okay, how does this apply to us? Loving your neighbor, loving God is, you know. Okay, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of the field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And you shall not glean the vineyards, thy vineyards, neither shall you gather every grape of the vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now notice this is concerning the poor. Now it doesn't say, it says you leave them for the poor. You don't reap everything, you leave it for the poor. Now consider this, it doesn't say that you can it and pressure cook it and package it up and, and then take it to the poor and say, open your mouth now, now let me burp you after I feed you. No, it just says you leave it for the poor. They have to go out and harvest it. They have to go out and resell the gleanings and what you've left behind for the poor. They have to go out and do that for themselves. So what category does this fit into? It fits into loving your neighbor as yourself. Love your fellow man, but don't become his caretaker. When you do for others, instead of letting them do for themselves, they become dependent on you. They become lazy. Yes, lazy. All right, the dietary laws. Think about the dietary laws. What, what category does the dietary laws fit in? A, 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 a list of clean and unclean meats. The scavengers, you're not supposed to be eating them. Well, the dietary laws fits into, since your body is the temple of God, and you're supposed to take care of the temple, it fits in, the dietary law fits into loving God. It also fits into loving your neighbor as yourself. Because, listen, you don't want your children sickly, do you? Don't you hurt when you see sick people, people who are sick? I know I do. I don't want my neighbor to be sick. So these dietary laws, not only do they fit into loving God, but they also fit into loving your neighbor as yourself because you don't want your neighbor, you don't want your own children to be sickly. And the dietary laws are all about personal health. Now, all of what I call the smokescreen that you hear in mainstream churchianity, well, we're not under the law, and we're, uh, we're, the law's been fulfilled, and that law was for Israel, and that law was for the Jews, and we're, we're, we're that, maybe that was for the Gentiles, and the law uh, was, and oh, that's the old covenant, and we're not under the old covenant, and, and it's been nailed to the cross. All of that stuff you hear is just a smokescreen. All of it is just a smokescreen that keeps you from achieving God's objective. What is God's objective for your life? Let me tell you what it is. We go back to this pyramid. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself, which is a summation of the Ten Commandments. In addition to that, there's seven, 617 instructions in the Bible about how to do that. Now, do I keep all 617 laws that I find in the Bible? No, I don't. There are some laws that don't apply to me. Laws concerning a woman's menstrual cycle doesn't apply to me. I'm a man, okay? 
laws, some of the laws about slavery or owning a slave. I don't own any slaves, so, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. Plus, I don't understand yet every law that I read in the Bible. You know, I, I'm, I'm a continuous work. I'm trying to understand it. But I understand something that a lot uh, of, of religious people don't. God never gave a bad law. God never gave, and, and you've been led to believe by your church that God gave a bunch of bad laws. Yeah, that's why you have the smoke screen. Oh, it's been fulfilled, it's been done away with, it's been nailed to the cross. Because you believe, a lot of you believe that God went around and gave a bunch of bad laws. You know, a lot of you, it's time for you to come out of your church and quit being spoon-fed the nonsense you're, you're being taught. Many of you have never learned how to love God and how to love your neighbor as yourself in the church that you're attending. You've never learned it. You know, a lot of preachers can't go to the Old Testament. They don't preach from the Old Testament. They can't. Preachers are not going to preach about instructions they don't follow, okay? Let me repeat that. Preachers are not going to preach about instructions they don't follow. So you're never going to hear it in your church. Psalms 119 and verse 97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Because why, why, was it, why was the psalmist able to say this? Because it was instructions on how to love God and how to love your neighbor as yourself. Now I want to tell you something. You can put this in your pipe and smoke it. You will never see God until you learn how to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of you, you're never going to learn that in your local church because they can't talk about it. They can talk about a bunch of pablum. You know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. They can talk about that, yeah. But they, they're not talking about how to love God and how to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I'm David Freeman. And maybe for the first time in your life, after 40 years of being in church, I've just told you what's really in the Bible and the way, the way you should look at the law of God. So what must I do if I want a relationship with God? Find the answers by ordering your free Bible study entitled, What Must I Do? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, you can visit us online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. That's isthatreallyinthebible.net.